Hey, before we start, I saw this yesterday in my uh, many scrollings of Twitter, which I like to do, in uh, TikTok, which when you're on the road recruiting like you are, I'm sure there's moments when you're just scrolling, trying to go to bed. You mm -hmm. ready for this one? When life, yes. throws you, when life throws you a rainy day, play in the puddles. Now, I don't co-sign Piglet with an umbrella as the caricature of this slaying, but when life throws you a rainy day, play in the puddles. Let's yeah, that's that's uh, I love it. I mean, it's similar to the whole lemonade, lemons, and all that stuff, yeah. man. Right, just trying to make the most of of no matter what is thrown your way. And let me tell you this though, that's easier said than done. Yes, hundred percent. Because sometimes right. I just want to lay in the mud. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to be. <laughs> I want to instead of piglet in the puddles, I want to be Eeyore, just freaking droopy eared and just Eeyore. soaking in the rain. And just going, uh, oh, woe is me. Yes. But I, I right. mean, but yeah. No, I love it. Cross the streams. Kip and Kane back together. Um, this one, man, I don't know if I have a title really yet. I, I know I've got passionate things we texted about that have happened, but mm -hmm. I want to start first with you. Cause you did a little, you shared a little vulnerable moment that happened to you in the NFL draft and you watching it again. Uh, mm -hmm. so I, you share your story a little bit and a lot of people know, right. You know, they know you as coach Kane and hall of fame career Kane, but they probably mm -hmm. don't know that little interim. Right. Like, like yes. one of your, one of your chases <laughs> when dreams don't go the way you want it to. So no I know we were texting about it this weekend and a lot of young men probably found themselves in your shoes or their family. Like I was trying to support you. Go ahead. You go. Yeah. Uh, to you, to your exact point, man, it, the draft has been a, a point of uh, tough memories, to be honest, for a long time. And stemming back to after my, MSU career and, and trying to pursue the professional thing as long as I, I possibly could uh, going down to Florida and training and, and doing everything that you were supposed to do and, and getting out of my comfort zone in order to do it. And, and uh, to your point, putting yourself out there to, to chase something um, as highly unlikely as, as playing a professional sport is uh, Hey, I, I wanted to pursue it and not say, Oh, I'm, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm satisfied with, with the career I had. I'm just going to get my degree and, and go move on to whatever. And uh, so I made the decision to actually um, not go to school for the spring semester of my senior year in order to pursue this deal. And, and uh, anyway, long story short, I, I could go on and on and on about all that. But bottom line is not hearing your name called on that day and then in turn getting obviously the opportunity I did with Tampa Bay as, as a free agent and, and uh, all those things that came with that, which was awesome. But I literally sat there through two days back then. It wasn't the three day event. It was right. the uh, two day Saturday and Sunday and sat there through all of Saturday, obviously not anticipating by any means day one, um, had those illusions out of my head and, and tried to enjoy day one as much as possible yeah we went then, golfing had some yeah, beverages we golfing I mean, it was that was it, that was a good time 
because in the back of your mind, you're excited about, okay, the next day is going to be my day. And then having the whole family there, we were all up at uh, my agent's house at the time. And it, I mean, it was a fun deal as far as just having family there and celebrating this, this moment that was supposed to potentially happen. And then sitting through that Sunday, man, was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And, and I've told players this uh, as I've progressed through this coaching thing, man. I was, I've tried to tell people and give them advice. Hey, do, do what I did not do and do not sit there and watch pick for pick. Do not sit there and overanalyze with Mel Kuyper and the entire ESPN crew. And because all it does is just bring in this sense of anxiety and this sense of anger. And there's just so many mixed emotions that you're going through that entire day. Um, as pick goes by, pick goes by, phone rings, but it's not the, the phone call you're looking for. Phone rings again, and it's still somebody else that you're not really looking to talk to in that moment. Uh, then you do get a couple phone calls and they're telling you, oh, yeah, this, this, and this, maybe this round or maybe this pick later. We'll see how this shakes out, but we've got, we're going to make sure where you're at, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, to go through it and then the mystery irrelevant and, and goes by and nothing. And then again, you're sitting there and you're just waiting. Okay, here we go. And I just, I remember being there and not only were we there as a family, but they were filming a documentary at the time, right? They're filming yep. this, the follow-up to the line documentary that they had followed our, our Montana state Bobcat team through my senior year, which was awesome. By the way, I still have the DVDs, but uh, they were also filming a follow-up and they literally were following five or six of us through this whole draft process, which I thought was a really cool um, idea and, and concept. And it was ahead of the times uh, back then. They hadn't done some of the other ESPN stuff before that. And anyway, so this, this camera crew and, and, and documentary people had been down and watched me train and go through some training stuff. Uh, then they came up and, and were there on that day and, and were filming and, and, wanted to get some, a few words from me in, in the moment. And I'm just like, the last thing I want to do is talk to you about how I'm feeling in this moment, because I can tell you right now, you can look on my face and probably tell how I'm feeling in this moment. Um, so man, it, it was tough. It was hard. Well, it but, was in as a secondhand experiencer, yeah. obviously nowhere near the experience you felt, but as you know, even leading up to the draft, hearing from your agents and, hearing Mel Kuyper say late round sleeper, your name on the sports center and hearing like, Oh, this is going to go that, that weight too. And then watching you have to just stare at your phone and then mm -hmm. feeling everyone else's vibe in the room. Your agent's <laughs> nervous because this is his job is to get that phone to ring. Your parents are mom's crazy. Oh, Dad's yeah. trying to wax philosophically about something. Uncle T is just pouring <laughs> another drink. I mean, it's just getting awkward as fuck in there. Right. Oh. oh, exactly, exactly. Just the whole combination of everything, man. That was hard. That was not. So was this like when? When did you start watching the draft again? Because my uh, dumbass. Wait, when did yeah. you start watching it again? I I would say it took me. So the next year, I watched because all, all of my guys from the that I would came in as uh, freshmen that had red, uh, red ended up redshirt and Roger Cooper, uh, for example. Um, and some of these other guys, man, I, they had a chance to, to go through the same thing. And so I gave them the same advice and I actually didn't watch a lot of it, but I was just kind of trying to pay attention to it. Um, just via, because I was trying to be there for support. Um, but it took me a long time man, to sit down and go through it again. 
Uh, and oh, I, I, I tried, I told, I kept telling myself, I'm not going to do that again. And yeah. then, um, eventually man, as, as I got more into the coaching thing and, and I've, I've figured out and, and realized the blessings and, and the things that came from not going that path and not going that route, um, and trying to figure out ways in which I could help others as they went through their own journey. Mm. Um, it kind of helped me realize, all right, man. Yeah. All in all, honestly, that day did, it was not that nothing's going to take away from the feelings that I felt in that moment. Right. But you can still look back on it and go, man, it, it, as I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason. We've mm -hmm. talked about it before, as far as how long, if I would have just kept playing, what, who knows from a body standpoint, mental right. standpoint, all the things that, that would have came from that opportunities from the standpoint of the coaching opportunities that I've had because of getting so started young and um, building my way, way up and, and all the people that I've met along the way. And so there's so many good things that came from it, but it's still, still yeah. hard to relive in my mind. Those that, uh, that day in particular, man, that, right. that was that was hard. So, you know, I, um, I think I, I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing it because I know it's like a soul wound, right? Even though mm -hmm. it's probably, he, it's healed in such a week, but I think there's probably a scar for you. Right? And, right. and Kelly and I were just talking about this. It was like two days before you texted me um, mm -hmm. about, man, I'm watching this damn draft again. But I do think we do sometimes, especially when we're people that want to keep perspective, right? And you yeah. and I are both people that want to put things in the right. Hey, let's reframe how I'm approaching Correct. this, right? Yep. In an effort to try to minimize hurt. Um, I wonder sometimes uh, when when you you probably told people, hey, I'm not the only one that had a bad draft day experience. Hey, other people have gone through it and didn't even get the tryout I got afterwards. I yep. wonder sometimes if we sell our own pain short. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm not saying mm -hmm. we should be like, hey, look at me, look at me, paint me as pity worthy, paint me as pity worthy, right? <laughs> yeah. But I also think sometimes, and you've probably done this now that you've had you know maturity and growth with it. We, I don't want us to, and I think people out there, don't minimize the weight of what you're carrying by saying, mm -hmm. hey, I know other people do the same. You're totally right. Mm. They do. Yeah. You're not alone in carrying the weight, um, but it also doesn't alleviate your burden to say somebody else carries the same thing. And I, I, don't think, I don't think you're trying. I think sometimes we worry that we're putting ourselves above others, like our suffering is more important. No, mm -hmm. obviously you and I, we would never do stuff like that, but it also doesn't erase ours, right? That's so, a great point. Yeah. You know, that made me, it had me in that mind. Cause obviously what I've been going through right in, in the last couple of weeks and months, being, not being a head coach and being fired, being that experienced, right. Thousands of coaches have been fired, Kip. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate people that reframe that for me. Cause I know they're trying to ease it for me, Yeah, but it, it, I don't think that invalidates the weight it carries when it happens to you. In but the maybe, moment. yeah, maybe it's like, you know how I can do this now. I am acknowledging that others have this experience, maybe connecting with them we find a way to carry it together. Correct. No, that's right? a great. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, have you, yeah. like you said, you talked to Coop, you talked to some of your boys that probably, you probably tried to ease it for them because you waded down those waters first. Yes. No, there's, there's just to give them a, uh, a sense of, Hey man, this just from my own experience, this doesn't necessarily always go the way you may be anticipating or have been told that it's going to go, or this is how it should go. You never know how this thing should go. And the only people that know are those that, that are in that, those war rooms um, making those decisions. And hell, even a lot of those dudes that are within that room don't know until right to the last second. And so um, you can't go into there with this, this expectation of this, that, or this. You just got to go in there and, and try and put a smile on your face and understand that, hey, this is an opportunity that 
thousands of people would die for, not die for, but would be trade places with you in a heartbeat. And so just appreciate the moment that you're in, try and appreciate. Um, there's a lot of people that have never gotten this far. And just to be in a place to where you could potentially hear your name called. Right. On that you're day, in the man. draft book. You're yeah, in the book. Man. Right. You you're a candidate. Very exactly. You can be very proud of what you've accomplished up to that point. And, and regardless of how that day may go, whether you want it to go, uh, whether first, second, third, fourth, you know, all those things, man, it doesn't, it, at the end of the day, you, all you need is an opportunity or all you need to do is be happy in your own shoes uh, with who you are and what you've accomplished up to that point. It, it always, it pains me sometimes when I see the, oh man, that's that, that Will Levis, man, he, he fell out of that first round and then that second round, man, what a miserable, miserable deal. And for those of us that have been falling out of all seven, hey, rounds, try fall out of seven. Try, yeah, fall out of seven. Try, try fall out of all seven. <laughs> yeah. Before you start feeling like, oh man, woe is him. No, man, there's there's a lot of people out there that would still really enjoy having had their name called on on freaking round two, day two, right. day three, or back in the day, day five, whatever, pick six hundred and fifty-eight, whatever. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it, it just is that the draft, man, it, it is always such a mixed bag of feelings for me nowadays, man. Super excited uh, for my guys this week that that were uh, that did get their opportunities. Can't, man. Yeah, love Skinner, Matlock, yep. Broncos. Skinner, Matlock, man. And they got, they did get their names called. Um, a couple guys that uh, T Jones uh, that's moving on and, and signed on as a free agent as well. And so there's other guys that, and other multiple Broncos and, and former Bobcats that are moving on and getting opportunities, man. It's awesome to see. Let's take our first break. The Cass Ione Foundation exists to help raise money for Alzheimer's dementia research, caregiver support services, and any individual or causes that we believe as a board exist in line with the moralities and belief systems of our namesake, our father Cass. Please learn how you can help our cause at CassIonFoundation.org, K-A-S-I-O-A-N-E Foundation.org. All right. Hey, next one, man. So this one, uh, it was it went viral, obviously. So the eight seed Heat beat the one seed Miami Heat. I mean, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. In postgame, Giannis uh, took to the stand and one of the reporters kind of triggered him with her question about Gian basically to the effect of Giannis, was this a failure? How do you deal with this failure? And you've probably seen it and anybody, everybody out there listening, you can go find it quickly. Just put Giannis slash failure and you'll find it because it was viral. And Giannis's point really, man, was, hey, yes, we lost, but there is no such thing as failure. There's only growth. And so a certain path ends and a new one starts. You know, he, he went down mm -hmm. the gamut. One of the things I'm sure you, that resonated with you as a Jordan fan was Michael mm -hmm. Jordan played 15 years. He won six championships. And then Giannis said, so the other nine were a failure. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, Kane, there is nothing more. There's two things that will get coaches and men to interact with me in rage via my social channels as a teams of men proponent, as somebody that, that argues that men can be more than the stunted, physically dominant, conquest-seeking people we've been boxed into, that we can be more. Nothing gets them going more then topics like this that kind of shake their foundational tree. And what I mean by that is I put up immediately like, hey, this is one of the arguably the best current player in the world who has a championship. 
telling people out there, you can be, you can grow from loss. It's not an end point. It's not a failure. And so many dudes came at me in, in my small window, right? Like I, I get mm-hmm. 3000 views on YouTube and then I get eight comments like that. That's a big deal to me. But this was across <laughs> the spectrum in terms of, no, that's a loser mentality. You're first or you're last. All this just <laughs> insanity, bro. Like just, and I, and I think back to myself, like I bet if I was 17, maybe if I was 27, let me, let me, let me put it there. Yeah. I might have fallen in that same line of category. Let me, yeah, let me give you a chance to react to Giannis and just kind of the, the scene in general before we really deep dive. I, what I, my favorite was when he asked the dude if he'd been promoted in the past year or past two years or whatever it was. That was my favorite. That was like, so good. Like, hey, dude, how about you? Have you been promoted the last how many years? So are you then a failure the last how many years because you didn't get a promotion? Then – what are you talking about? I thought it was awesome, man. I thought yes. it was very articulate. I thought, I thought it was very uh, yeah. um, calculated and, and very much, um, I agree very much with that mentality or else. I mean, what are we doing? Yes. What, is everything about a, a, this championship trophy and this so-called end result that uh, may never come? And if it doesn't ever come, then your whole life is what? Mm-hmm. Nothing? Mm-hmm. That's insanity. Yeah, that is absolutely man. that. That just is is so, to your point, um, prehistoric. Yeah, great just, word. It's just a terrible mindset because you're just setting yourself up for a miserable, miserable lifetime. And Didn't it goes back like, to what I'm talking about, like or going back to our previous segment. Yeah. Then would I consider myself a failure? Right, because you would didn't I get drafted. Myself, so that, all that I, other stuff was invalidated. Yeah. So my career at MSU was it was completely an absolute failure, and and was just yeah. Well, he never got drafted, right? So how good really was he? He, yeah. he was a failure. No, right. In my eyes, it's it's always part of the the story. It's always part of the process, and and there's ways in which I learn from from my experiences that have helped me grow as a human being and as a person, and that's. A uh, particular moment is, is as you said, is, has probably scarred me, but has helped motivate me mm-hmm. every single day mm-hmm. and will continue to do so. And, and if you're not failing forward, then mm. then then it becomes true failure in my yeah. eyes. If you're yeah. not learning from setbacks and I, the word failure is even hard to say sometimes for me because there's yeah. just such a negative connotation to it. Yeah, but I, I do enjoy using that that word, and I use it with my guys after practices and games, and uh, as far as failing forward, mm-hmm. we're always going to fail forward. Don't be afraid to fail forward. Yes, you know, it, it, all you're doing is learning from your your mistakes and, and making not and making new mistakes and, and always pushing forward. And if you keep doing that, man, there is no, they're just minor setbacks. Yeah, ah, so I love that. Did you were you a Giannis guy like in fandom prior to this? Yeah. I had respect. I had respect, yeah, exactly. but I, I I might be a fan now because, you know, us yeah. like I like windows into are you a real person? Right. No or are you a corporate cutout, you know, like a branding yeah. cutout? I, exactly. I really thought that was real from him. I, I did, too, man. I, and it was um, to your point. I didn't know. He had not really come out as that type of come across as that type of person, I guess, maybe right. because we probably just didn't even I'm sure he's always been that way. You yeah. don't get to where you've gotten to as a, as a basketball player, as a human being, 
without having some kind of mentality or thought process to help get you there. And obviously he didn't just stumble upon this thought process in the moment of that interview. It wasn't yeah. like, no, wait a minute. This is how I thought, or this is what I think. He's always had that mentality, obviously. Um, and that's what's helped him get to where he's at with, to your point, one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world, one of the most dominant figures in the world yeah. when it comes to what he does. You know, I, I appreciate you talking about you, the, where failure comes into your coaching, right? Because mm-hmm. I think even when I was 35 years old, I probably would have framed failure as a binary, right? Mm-hmm. I would have said we win or we fail, right? Like, you, yep. I would have, like, you know, when you hear if you're not first, you're last, like people, do they remember that that's a Ricky Bobby quote that his dad <laughs> shuts down in the movie? Remember the, like the humor, like, what are you talking yeah. about, Ricky? You can be second, you can be third, you can be fourth. Uh, I think you feel it, right? I think you feel the worry about like, man, if I don't have the right salary, is that a failure? If I'm not yes. getting this, pro- like you mentioned, this promotion, if I'm not getting this, no, my win-loss record or my All-Americans I pump out, anything that you know people listening can apply to your industry, I think there is some people try to use it as a motivator. But I, I'm not sure. I think failure as a stop dead end is like the, is the only thing to avoid, just like you mentioned. Correct. I think if failure is not just a fork in the road or a shifting of the of the current, then I think Correct. you're in trouble. But I but I think if you're if you flow with it, you mean and it's I'm saying this as someone who like you mentioned, like let's reframe it to my life, right? If I just got fired because of a, a poor win loss record, is my entire existence then invalidated? And is my entire future future potential as a human being is it gone? Gone. It's gone. Right? And there's no way. Yeah. That's just not it's not a true thing. I think it mm-hmm. it scares you that what if it is job? I don't I just don't believe it. Right. No. I, I just don't I don't buy that at all. And I think maybe it takes maturity. I don't I'm not sure, but I, I'm sure I think a lot of people do fall into that black or white, one or one or one or one or the other. I, right. I'll be hundred percent honest. I think a majority of people do. Yeah. I think a majority of people are afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. I shit I, yes. I'm still afraid to fail at certain mm. things. Yeah, it's still hard for me to put myself out there in a position to where if you don't do well, you're going to be viewed as ah man, well he didn't do less, it less well. than yeah yeah. So he must not be very good at, at anything else that he does in life. Yeah, right. Like yeah, it's there's a there's a mentality that comes with um just as you grow right as you get older, and, and I used to talk about this too because uh, when I was um I might have mentioned on the pod way back in the day. As far as when I watch my daughter start to go through life, right, and just watch her and how she viewed things and just the way she just went about her day failing over and over again and not caring. <laughs> yes, just, that's such a good, the innocence of you, you're totally right. They'll fail quickly. Just, they the fail time. all the time and yeah. don't give a shit. Because yeah. no one is no one is telling them. Oh well, uh, she tried to walk. She can't, look at her. She tried to walk. She couldn't do it first time. Such a good well, point. No one's giving her that lens to frame she's, it. That's in exactly. a good way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then on some somewhere along the lines, we lose that. Mm-hmm. We lose that ability to just say "fuck it." Who cares? Yep. I'm going to just keep doing this and doing it and doing it until I get it right. Right. Somewhere along right. the lines, we start to grow into or are, um, what's the uh, transformed? Maybe transformed. Socialize, man. Socialize. We do it to each other. Socialize the best way to put it. Yeah, and exactly right. We do it to ourselves. 
to where now all of a sudden we are viewed. If anything that we don't do well the first time, you are absolutely traumatized from doing it ever again. Right. Right. Or doing whatever it was that you tried and it just didn't work out well. It's not going well. Yeah. Nah, that's just not me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do yeah. something to just, man, I'm going to go down this other path. That's a great, that's a great way to frame it. And I think we probably, and you have being cognizant, you and your wife, because you feel like as a parent, you have to tell them what the real world's going to be, right? You have to yeah. explain to them, but you're right. There's a lot of that innocence in play, right? And this mm-hmm. is coaches listening. Kids playing and, and Ava playing is really an exercise in failing at a, at a game or a sport. Oh, or an exactly. And they, they, they love it. They enjoy yeah. it. And then we teach it out of them. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we really do. And th- I don't think either one of us is co-signing that losing's awesome. Right. I don't no. think e- either one of us are saying that you, you, pr- you put your head in the sand like an ostrich and ignore um, that you need to try differently. But I think the, no. the key word there is try again. Try right? again. And yes. You're At least right. you're like still I, trying. Yes. If I keep doing it the same way and fail and I don't educate myself to new path, then that's an issue. We're not arguing mm-hmm. that, but for the, somebody to tell Giannis who won 60 games this year and did X, Y, Z, that he failed is insanity to me. And I wonder, what, what do you think about this? And this is on a different tangent, but a similar topic. I worry that the reacts to this from people, like the people that went after Giannis, the people in the press corps, the people that come after side commentary like mine, third-party commentary. I wonder if that's from a, a place of fandom and inherent low self-esteem. Right. And, and I say that because I, I do feel like people can get caught up in my day to day. If sports is entertainment, which we agree, right? Sports is entertainment. We agree you can leverage it into human growth. But for a lot of folks, sports purely exist to entertain. Mm-hmm. And in my day to day as a fan, let's say my job's not going well. Let's say my relationships, my family's not going well. I really put a lot of eggs into the Bucks need to win this so I can feel a positive vibe. And mm-hmm. if I if I put this much stock in it, how the f can Giannis not put just this much stock in, <laughs> right? And so I think it comes from there, um, and it's really you know you're you're not attuned with your own what you needed out of this. And I've been there. I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan the entire time you've been on this planet, and I know I've associated. I'll feel better today about everything if Dak doesn't throw a pick, and that's that's silly. So I'm not telling everybody that I'm above that feeling, but I do think possessing the ability to mirror train and go, whoa, (laughs) wait a minute, right? What am I putting on this athlete who doesn't know me from a hole in the wall? No, no. What am I assigning in my happiness as a human to this person? Correct. Why am I defining my own life via who I live for? Right, right. And I I think it's a really slippery slope to go from – you know, and I think this is, we do this now and it's easier than ever to do this. Now, when you and I were growing up, we didn't mm-hmm. have the outlets to go vent at Georgetown yes. or the outlets for you to go yell about the hurricanes or we didn't have exactly. our house. I think it's a slippery slope to go from Giannis doesn't care enough about winning to I would care. Yeah. Right. I do care. And I can go tell people about it online. I can tell in social spaces. And then I can also, I'm just going to keep going down this slippery slope. He doesn't care. I do care because I do care. He doesn't deserve the money the way I would deserve the money. And now we're in a whole nother world of hatred and envy and jealousy, right? When he was really probably provided all of us more of a life lesson than he would have in victory. 
right? Yeah. He probably did in terms yeah. of like, what could I actually take from Giannis Antetokounmpo here in Salem, Oregon? That was a hell of a fucking press conference. I can't take anything with this triple-double. I will never have that ability. I'll never coach anybody that has that ability. <laughs> but I could probably take this reframing of failure. Yes. Yes. And and put it into, into my own way of which to approach my next day and my next opportunity, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And in turn, to your point, as far as that that gentleman or that person that may be having all these issues in his own life, instead of using that from a positive frame of mind and going, okay, well, Giannis feels that maybe I can try failing forward and maybe I can try something different with my relationship or my mm-hmm. job or whatever, and now view it from a different lens in order for me to be more successful or how I would consider, maybe I even consider success differently or what that can success, I define it differently going forward based mm-hmm. on what this dude just said, who probably is somebody you should listen to because he's at the right. top of, of the game yes. in his own field. And I think that's another piece, right? Like these dudes are at the top, top level of this profession. Like there's, it's no different than when you go to the a hospital and a doctor who has studied and, and put himself in position to have information that you do not have. <laughs> And you're, you should listen to that person yes. who has done all the research in that particular area and henceforth has been called doctor of that particular arena. Yes. You should and probably listen to and that. trusting his expertise is not a sign of weakness for you. Correct. It's actually a sign <laughs> of strength that you are willing to say, I don't know. I exactly. trust you to tell me because you did the work. You've done the work and you've put yourself in the position to be one of the top athletes in the world. So obviously, whatever mentality that you take into any given day is probably a pretty good mentality. And so maybe I should, instead of instead of mocking that mentality, look into it for my own sake to see if maybe I can use it mm-hmm. for me to start um, failing forward in the right direction. Let me ask you this last thing before we go. In your room right? Your DBs, you know, it, it, throughout your time, all your rooms you've been in. And this is what I found really difficult as a coach. And I don't know if I ever really did strike the right balance because you cannot drive every single person in that room towards their ultimate goal, which is the biggest role. Like I, mm-hmm. you can't make every DB in your room, the starter, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it is a struggle for coaches and I better ones than I have figured it out. And you and the Bronco staff maybe have some insight because if a kid that's a, you know, he's the seventh DB, he, if he only views himself as a success, if he runs out of that tunnel as the starter, well, then he's going to fail at everything. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to get them to grasp that. No, 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 man. What you did Wednesday on scout team, that was a huge win. But it's really hard because they wouldn't choose that small, in their minds, that small of a carrot. So I, I think that's a really difficult job in sports, in coaching, is, boy, I do envision success for you, but the way I see it as the coach in the grand scheme of the team is so vastly different than what you would pick for yourself. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that is hard, man. I'm not going to – yeah, right? it's not easy. It's not how, easy I mean, but... give, me, give us a couple things like – ways or discussions or different staffs, the current place that you've tried to, I don't alleviate the wrong word. Maybe yeah. buy-ins better, buy into a lesser role, but we still value you. Yeah. I think that that's most of the successful teams that I've been a part of, whether it was as a player, um, as a coach now, 
I think there is that sense of value for everyone in the organization um, via, and I hate using the, the word culture all the time because it's, mm. it's an overused word. Yes. yes. Um, because it's, it's more about how you framed and how you've built into your guys the mindset of obviously the team or the family, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it, right? Like, right. How can I be the best version of myself for my team? And in turn, if I do that and I do it well enough over and over again, I will eventually hopefully get to what as an individual you want to get to. Mm-hmm. But along the way, you're going to help your teammates and in turn this whole team become a better team at the end of the day and trying to find ways to um, validate and to affirm actions of, of individuals that aren't in bigger roles, right? right. Like to try and make those individuals that are in lesser roles feel like that role that they're in is, is the best role. And do you think you like are, it's as, yeah. Do you think it's as simple as saying, I see you? Now, I'm not saying simple. Simple is the wrong word, but like versions of like you mentioned culture. And I think some of it could be process and mm-hmm. actually yep. like how coach Kane sees me and you do it Correct. different than the D line coach or the head guy or different, but like I'm seen today and that's mm-hmm. enough of a lift, even though coach can't give me, right. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I have to see you son. I really do. I, I promise you I'm going to see you every day. I cannot gift you vertical reward that Correct. just ain't that's how that's it ain't that's not how that's not how the job works, works. ah there you go works. there you go yeah. yes that isn't like that's not realistic like yeah you, you don't just nothing you nothing's given in life right mm-hmm. and that's that's a hard concept for anyone to figure out but what um, if i want it really bad yeah if i just really right. wish upon it and i really really want it Man, isn't that one of the, we got to do a pod on that, right? Like how many motivational speakers do you hear that tell the kids about want? And yeah, yeah, that's a component, but I mean, you've got DBs, you've got players Mm -hmm. throughout your career. I've had players throughout my career that no matter their want level, and I would even co-sign if you could actually put a numerical value on their want versus their Mm -hmm. teammates, it might've been higher. They still weren't good enough. Yeah. Right. And like you said, that's a hard pill. Like, I would love to be the Lakers head coach. I want it. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Right. And I don't gonna, deserve yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that, yeah, you're 100% right. But I think just giving guys in those lesser roles, just the, the simple, to your point, idea of importance, of relevance, mm-hmm. finding yeah. ways to make them feel like everything that they're doing is just as important as that other guy over there that happens to be the starter or happens to be the uh, all American or the all world Mm -hmm. dude. Hey, what you're doing for this group or for this team is is just as important. Mm -hmm. And you may not get that validation from the outside world or the outside noise all the time, but I, as a coach do see you. Yeah. You, us as your teammates and your family within these locker room walls, we all see you. And we all recognize and love you for what you're doing. Yeah. And if you can create, I think, that type of environment, I think then in turn, guys are, are more willing to accept the, the fact that 
hey, what I'm doing right now may not be viewed upon as as the greatest thing in the world from the outside world. But man, my, I've I love my teammates in, in this this place enough to where I'm I'm gonna do everything I can regardless of that. I don't care. What I'm doing is important because that guy over there tells me it's important every day. Or that dude next to me in my locker room tells me it's important that it's that what I'm right. doing is important. And the in the threes for you, like in a depth chart, the threes doing that Monday through Friday and not getting a chance to do it on Saturday. It's not a failure, guys mm-hmm. and gals yeah. out there listening. It's Correct. not a failure because they didn't get to do it on Saturday in the big show. Correct. But I I think we if we if we don't listen, like if we don't take some of this to, to heart, we could frame it to them. We could frame it like even if in our love of our own kid after their game, I come up and you, he plays for you mm-hmm. and he had a great Monday through Friday with you. And he was fine because Boise State blew out BYU today. Mm-hmm. And then I come up like, man, they, they could have got you some snaps. Yeah. Well, then I just blew up all that work because exactly. I put failure on him. Exactly. Because that wasn't it wasn't good enough. In your eyes, as, as yeah, the father, I had, and I had to wear that as dad in the stands because yeah, I'm used to my kid stands. playing, right? Being that guy, and I've, I've told yeah. all my buddies at work that my yep. my guy is going to be on and he's going to be playing, and and if that doesn't happen, guess what? Maybe I was a failure yes. as a father. Yeah, we got a whole nother episode. Cross oh, the street, you, you can go deep into that. 